This is Ghetto. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. It's on a website. This is FNA. I am a god. Now what? Why don't you get out of that jumpsuit and let me smack that fat ass? <laughs> That's a scary crew. As far as the product goes, uh, the voice of a new generation, man. You guys are the young guys. Are really at the top of their games. The two of them had something in common. We bring you Radio Ecstasy. Oh, it's beautiful. Broadcasting live from the studios of AM570. FNA. FNA. Let it happen. This is the FNA Podcast. Friday edition of the FNA Podcast. It's Kevin Figures and Adam Alston with you as always. Rest in peace, of course, to Debo. Welcome into the show. He's at KFig1. I'm at Follow Adam A. We're at FNA Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up on the back end of the show today, it's the return of rap news. Oh. Yeah, and we have uh, some trouble in uh, Good Music Paradise. That ain't gangsta. Unless we don't. Okay. It's kind of confusing, and I feel like every story involving Kanye West is confusing. <laughs> so, I did see something with him the other day. I was hoping this would end up in rap news. Yeah, so I don't know if this is it or not, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll certainly discuss uh, Kanye West, who did a sit-down interview uh, a little bit later in the show on the back end. Okay, sounds good. On the front end, we have another example of deja vu happening for the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's go. Let's go time. Let's rock. First of So, the Thunder didn't come back down 26 this time. It was just 19 points. Oh, is that all? But it was at Staples Center. (laughs) And the Lakers still haven't learned their lesson of giving up a large lead to one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. You up 26 points. I don't care where you're playing. That's bad. Shaq would say. That's horrible. Awful. Yeah. And once again, Russell Westbrook, and I say it all the time, but he is so erratic. Yep. At the end of games. There's still a Cole Wrightism. He used to say the Clippers going to clip Westbrook going Westbrook. You know and You know what the worst thing is for the Lakers? When Russell Westbrook has it going to start the game from the outside. Because that means he's going to be even more confident at the end of a game. Irrationally confident. Yeah. Uh, he shouldn't be confident. Right. But he was. Mm-hmm. And he ended up taking a three-pointer. At the end, to try and tie it, instead of getting it to, I don't know, a guy who's shooting over 50% right now from distance in Carmelo Anthony. Maybe Austin Reeves, who just made a three-pointer to cut the deficit from six to three, a possession or two beforehand. You know, and the problem is, when the Lakers inbounded the ball, was there anybody in their right mind who didn't think that Russell Westbrook wasn't going to take the shot? We all knew he was taking that shot. And they didn't have a timeout to use to set up a play. Right. To try to reel Russ in or but maybe put his ass on the bench. I'm sure these teams, like NFL teams, practice everything. I'm pretty sure NBA teams, hey, there's 10 seconds left. We have to go the length of the court. Let's figure something out. And I'm pretty sure, by the way, they had time. I'm trying to go back to that last Oklahoma game that they blew in OKC. And they had a last-second possession. And I think Russell Westbrook dribbled in a circle and shot up an erratic shot. No, you know what? It wasn't him. It was Malik Monk that did it. And I was like, you had a chance to actually draw up a play out of bounds, and that's what you came up with? Yeah. Malik Monk dribbling five times and shooting an, a contested three-pointer? That's Malik bad. Malik Monk, since then, has been very bad from the outside, by the way, after getting off to a good start been, this season. And bad all the way around, by the way, too. And obviously the Lakers still without LeBron James, Anthony Davis, yeah, well, Mr. Glass. They called me Mr. Glass. Yeah, being without LeBron for a week is pretty significant news. 
you know, they already talked about coming into training camp that they were going to try to monitor his minutes, as you obviously would with a 36-year-old going to be 20, uh, 37 in a couple of weeks um, with all of the health issues he's had within the last three years. And this is just another one of those examples. You could try to play off, you know, in 2018, the growing injury. He slept on the, slipped on a wet spot. Could happen to anybody. Fine. Last season, Solomon Hill falls on his ankle. Could happen to anybody. Fine. A lot of these injuries, sure. Could happen to anybody. The problem is when you're 36 years old and you have the amount of wear and tear that he has on his body, you're just not going to be able to bounce back. You're not going to be able to play through the same amount of injuries that you were able to do 10 years ago. This is a legitimate concern that LeBron James, once again, uh, just what, 10, eight games into the season, is already hurt and already missing the, an entire week's worth of games consecutively. And they're 1-2 and two now without him. They're likely going to be without him for about another week now. And I'm not sure when the injury occurred, but I thought I was watching the game closely against the Houston Rockets when this happened. Yes, Frank said it. Frank Vogel said it happened in the first game against Houston, which was Sunday, I believe. Yeah. Yes. I thought it happened to be when he was going up for a rebound, okay. actually. And if that's the case, where he had an ad- abdominal strain going up for a rebound. That is very different than slipping on a wet spot. Absolutely. <laughs> that is definitely an age factor. Yeah. You just can't even do the simple things that you used to do. The natural basketball movements aren't the same for you because of your age. So you add that into the equation with Anthony Davis. So you talked about the Mr. Glass. Jammed his, called me Mr. Glass. Jammed his thumb pretty badly, went back to the locker room. They say he might not even play in their next game on a Saturday, I believe it is. Yeah. So, I mean. See how he feels. I mean, but first it's of all, every game with him, Anthony Davis is day to day every single game. He's one of those guys that is just chronically on the injury report. He's quarter to quarter. Yeah. Now, granted, most of the time when he leaves to go back to the locker room, he has returned lately. Sure. But he is always getting dinged up somehow. Yep. And always has. When he collapsed to the floor against the Houston Rockets in their last game before last night. I feel like that's every game. But yes, when he stayed down. Everybody felt like, oh my God, this is a serious injury. It feels like he is having some career-threatening injury in every game. I don't want to call anybody soft, and I'm not doing that. Right. But you can when say they that guy call is, him street clothes, yeah. there's a reason for that. Was it Shaq or was it Chuck that gave him that nickname? I think it was Chuck. I think Charles Barkley, which is like, look, he's not wrong. The amount of games this guy has missed. Now, granted, when he plays, he's spectacular. But the old adage of, you know, the best ability is availability, you haven't really gotten it out of him. Now, when he was healthy, down the stretch in the bubble, it was phenomenal. He's but, just a fragile player. Right. He's one of those guys that has a body type or for some reason he is prone to injury all the time, even and just little things. The And I don't know what he did this offseason, but it wasn't encouraging. Uh, Magic Johnson came on. He co-hosted with Rodney Pete for an entire hour uh, in the offseason and said, you know, Anthony Davis, for guys who are injury prone, they always recommend you do some stretching, do some, you know, lower level plyometric stuff, do some yoga to get yourself, get your body right. And Anthony Davis really didn't seem amenable to that during his exit press conference uh, at the end of the season. He says, well, we just had a, you know, a really quick turnaround from the bubble until the start of this season. A lot of guys got hurt. By the way, you get hurt all the time. A lot of guys don't. That's one thing. <laughs> so I was like, no, I really don't have to do anything any differently this year. Just, uh, just get a little bit more rest. It's like, no, this is not a one-season thing. This is not a truncated offseason and then fast forward and then coming back in with a quick turnaround. This is something that you have been dealing with since day one. I'll say this. He came in and looked to put on 5 to 10 pounds. He put on more size. But he still isn't that receptive to playing center. The only reason he did the other night 
when they started that game was because one Dwight Howard was out, but also AD afterwards said, uh, well, the Houston Rockets don't have a very physical big man. So you're basically saying that, you're <laughs> that you don't want to yeah, go up correct. against another guy and, who you have to pound in the pain against. And we've talked about this before with him. Whether he won't explicitly say it, but there was rumblings that there was a bit of a you know butting of heads between he and Frank Vogel as to whether or not he plays center. Frank Vogel said everything right publicly. Well, we want to be versatile. We want to get some bigs in here. We want to show a bunch of different looks. But I'm pretty sure... If Frank had it 100% his way, Anthony Davis absolutely would start at the five because every logical person, you don't even have to look at the metrics, the simple metrics, the advanced metrics. Just watch the damn basketball game. The Lakers are clearly better when he's at the five than when he's at the four. It opens up the floor. Yes. And when you have someone out there like Russell Westbrook and other guys who can't shoot, you have to have that. You have to have driving lanes. Right. It's clogged the lane for LeBron James at times when Dwight has been out there with Russ. With AD at the four, there's nowhere for him to go. Not to mention DeAndre Jordan has been very up and down. He was mostly down mostly last down. night. Yeah. Especially. Which, by the way, that's the reason why the Nets cut him loose. I mean, he's not effective on the defensive end like he used to be. He's not the same rim runner. He really, quite honestly, doesn't give you a whole lot at this point. Uh, he's not JaVale McGee. No. He's not the replacement to JaVale McGee. You bring back Dwight, yes, but he is not JaVale. He, and he's extremely limited. Dwight Howard can give you... Uh, bursts of greatness, and I mean literally bursts within like maybe 90 seconds to yeah. three-minute stretches at give a time. You 10, 10 minutes and six fouls, yes. but he's effective during that time. Uh, let's hear from Anthony Davis actually post-game. Here he was talking about the situation where they will be playing without LeBron James and possibly him. And the schedule, by the way, has been as easy as it could be. That's... Four of their last five games were against the OKC Thunder and the Houston Rockets. And you lost two of them to OKC, yeah. who picked up their only two wins of the season against the Lakers. Those are the two worst teams in the Western Conference. Yeah. And you haven't taken advantage of that schedule. They see the Portland Trailblazers in Portland tomorrow night. AD again said, we'll see how I feel. <laughs> I'll see how I feel for that game. But here he was post game last night try talking about getting by without LeBron James. You know, we still got to play basketball. Um, he's a big key to our team. Um, but, you know, we still got to play. You know, I don't know how long he's going to be out. But, excuse me, but we have to um, still have to find ways to win basketball games. You know, I mean, we can't control, you know, him playing or not. But what we can control is going out there and win basketball, winning basketball games and with the guys that we have. Uh, and we have enough pieces um, to still win basketball games. Um, even though he brings a, a huge part you know, to both ends of the floor of what we do. Um, so it's an adjusting period of trying to figure out you know, new schemes and stuff like that without him uh, for however long he's out. But like I said, we still have enough pieces to win basketball games. Oh, they certainly have enough pieces. And that was not one of the Budweiser frogs there <laughs> with, with AD burping. But, excuse me. <laughs> a little acid indigestion after that game. But, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> a little too soon after the postgame uh, snack in the locker room, I guess, for him. But you had a good opportunity to get off to a really good start to this season, regardless if they were healthy or not, mm -hmm. because of the schedule and how things lined up. But it would help them build that chemistry early on if they did have LeBron out there all the time, if AD wasn't getting dinged up here and there. Well, yeah, that's the extra layer to this on top of. And we talked about they were going to have issues early on anyway. You were just hope that they will be able to out-talent some of the lesser teams like Oklahoma City, like Houston, which they clearly have not done. But on top of that, you're trying to build chemistry 
without the injuries, not having LeBron James, uh, you know, who's going to ultimately end up missing at least, you know, the first, you know, at least five or six games here. Anthony Davis, who knows what his status is going to be at this point in time, on top of, you know, trying to integrate all these new pieces. Now you're dealing with injuries, two integral pieces. It's one thing to not have Wayne Ellington for a couple of games or to not have even someone like Kendrick Nunn, who is important to what they're doing, but not as important as LeBron James and or Anthony Davis. Now you're trying to build chemistry with an entirely new roster, say for AD LeBron and Taylor Horton Tucker, and one of those principal figures is going to end up missing, you know, the first, what, seven, eight games of the season when it comes down to it. The Lakers are 5-4, and four, and they've had four games against bottom feeders in the West. And I do think there's something to OKC after coming back down 26 that gave them confidence to come back down 19 last night. And SGA hit a ridiculous 35-foot three-pointer where afterwards you just said, I kind of felt it. <laughs> they were up by three. Yeah, it that's was a one of those ballsy, ballsy shots. Yeah, he's nuts. It's almost uh, inexcusable. It's one of those you're like, you're, you're happy it went in, but after the game, the coach is like, hey, I'd rather you not. Uh, maybe we run a little bit smarter offense there, uh, SGA. I've got balls of steel. I thought the 26-point comeback would be the highlight of their season. Right. Apparently not. <laughs> Coming to the Lakers' house and do that to him? Yeah. And Anthony Davis, right, this is – one of the best players. He made the top 75 team. Even, what, he's in his eighth year? Mm -hmm. Something like that? No. That's because of how talented he is. And when he's at his best, he's absolutely unstoppable. Mm -hmm. He's a unicorn out there. He can guard guards on the perimeter. He can get to the basket against any big man, which that's what's also confounding about him not wanting to play the five. If you're going against other centers in this league, you can take them off the dribble yes. all day long. Yes. You have an advantage. You have your quickness. Just don't settle for jumpers. Yeah. And which they do way too often, and he settles on the perimeter way, way too often. The thing is, that's, his versatility is his biggest strength because, to your point, he can, he can bring slower guys away from the basket, uh, and he can dominate uh, smaller guys in the paint. There's nothing he can't do. And why they don't try to run it through him in the half court more often, I don't understand. So – We've talked about Mr. Glass. They called me Mr. Glass. Can we go back to Raphael? Damn! Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Well, I've always said he he's like that. He's hot-tempered. He gets in his own way. His emotions, his ego get in his own way at times, just like Raphael. And last night, by the way, that three-pointer he took with the game on the line, uh, since his MVP season, so since the 2016-2017 year, Nobody has taken more three-pointers in the final minute of games than Russell Westbrook. You want to uh, guess how many he has hit? Pop quiz, hot shot. Tell me how many he's attempted. 42. How many has he made? Uh, Nine. Damn. That is correct. Okay. It was eight, Damn. but I'm giving it to you, <laughs> All Kevin. All right, I'll take it. I even, I even went over by one, and I'll take it. All right. Eight for 42 is 19% in those situations. Oof. It's honestly... Almost better than I thought it would be, <laughs> considering how bad he could right. be and how many of those looks are just bad Contested. Shots. It's one thing if you're running a guy off of a screen and they're good looks and it just isn't working. Yeah. It's also one thing if it's someone like Dame Lillard who you expect to just hit those crazy shots off the dribble. And is Russ a is good three-point yeah. shooter. Russ has never been that in any capacity at, in his career. Catch and shoot or off the dribble. At least above average. Yeah. Russ is shooting 30% for his career, and honestly, it's not that good. He has turned into a worse shooter over the years. Yeah. And here's what's most alarming. 
Is it the free throw line too? Yes, absolutely. His he's seen like sixty percent or something yeah, from the line. He's yeah. shooting sixty-two percent this no. season, sixty-five percent the year before that, seventy-six percent. Okay, but then sixty-five percent the year before that, seventy-three percent the year before that. He had never shot he ever lower, shot? basically, than eighty percent for his career until the last five seasons from the free throw line. Now I don't know if that's because his usage is up because Kevin Durant was no longer there to help him. He's but I mean. Yeah, maybe, but I mean, again. Hunting triple doubles will tire out your legs. I guess, but to a point where you're missing uncontested standstill free throws, I mean, that's it's a, that's an alarming rate. It'd be one thing if he was a career 80% free throw shooter and then say it dropped to like, you know, 73, 72. He's in the 60s, but you the low 60s. That's a terrible. A guy like this with all that athleticism coming out of UCLA and the talking point with him was, Wait till he figures it out, expands his range. Right. No. Never he's has. He's actually gotten worse. He shot 33% his third year in the league from three. Uh, pretty much since then, he's been shooting under 30%. And he's taking more than he was back then. And as you're going to do as you get older, by the way. I always bring up that those two months in Houston right. where he played some of his best basketball. And he stopped shooting threes. And to be more specific, it was... February and January of that year in Houston. And he was incredible. Mm -hmm. And a lot of this was without James Harden out there, mm -hmm. who was injured. Russ eventually got injured himself. Right. We had the hiatus and the bubble started. He still wasn't right. But for two months, he cut his three-pointers in half. Instead of taking five per game, he was taking just two per game. And he was averaging 31 points per game on 51% shooting for two months. And All we, he was doing was going into attack mode, putting pressure on the defense, yeah. and getting to the basket. Because they went four out. They basically put guys yeah. on the perimeter, opened up the paint for him, and gave him driving lanes. But that's still what he should be doing. Yes, absolutely. Like we said, in a perfect world, he'd come off the bench and you'd run the second unit like that. Mm -hmm. That's what you would do. It's almost it's akin to a smaller degree what the Phoenix Suns used to do with Leandro Barbosa. They push it a little bit more. He would relentlessly attack the basket. Yes, it was still fast-paced, but it was different than how Steve Nash ran it. He's a rich man's Barbosa. Yeah, and that's how they should <laughs> he, run. The problem is. is, and like I said, and I think I brought this up the last show or in the previous show before the season started, Reveal. it would take a lot of swallowing his ego. He'll never do it, but if you say you want to do what's best for the team, you will come off the bench. Now, granted, right now, that's probably not best for them without LeBron James in the lineup. Uh, he still will probably need to start just because he's one of your best players and at least your best ball handler, at least creating offense for himself and others. But when everybody is healthy, which may never be this entire season, by the way, they're not getting off to a good start. Yeah. But assuming they get fully healthy at a certain point, that will be the best way to go about it. You'd be better off starting like a Kendrick Nunn or something and having Russell Westbrook come off the bench. But it's not even just the shooting from the outside. Inexplicable, terrible shots from the outside. He is too sped up for his own good. I say it all the time, but he's too competitive for his own good. It's the reason he wants to take those shots. He thinks he has to be the guy. I think he was doing a little bit too much when he threw the ball out of bounds in the final 20 seconds last night, but, too. And By that's the way, not abnormal for And he him. was going one on four. I don't know what his plan was because he had no help. All of his teammates were running back from the defensive end. Plan? So, yeah. Well, yeah. part of the plan. You're right. That's he my, look like a that's guy with my a mistake. Plan. Does he ever is the issue. You know, he's just a Tasmanian devil. Right. So I don't know if that would have been a, a positive result regardless, even if he hadn't lost the ball in that sequence. And not to mention what he did defensively. I rewatched that play. Somebody else posted it on Twitter. 
somebody much smarter than me. When Dort got wide open mm-hmm. for that two-handed dunk late in the game off the pass from SGA to put him up five, Russell Westbrook left Dort. You watch that play again. For no reason, he goes to quadruple team SGA. They already had a triple team at him trying to get the ball out of his hands or intentionally foul him, and he just leaves Dort wide open. That was on Russ. And there was another sequence late in the last 90 seconds of the game as well. I cannot think of the name of the player on OKC. I don't want to say he's a white guy, but it was a white guy. And and he left them wide open in the in the corner for a wide open three pointer that swung the tide of that game. I believe the Lakers were only down at two at that point and it, and it made it to five points. There was at least two or three defensive lapses specifically last night in the fourth quarter that he made. It is like you are playing against Russell Westbrook at times. You're going five on six. You got a guy sabotaging your team unintentionally. Right. Maybe that's an oxymoron. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he is sabotaging your own team. It it is brutal to watch and. Here was a Frank Vogel post game, and you can tell he was irritated by his answers to these questions regarding Russell Westbrook. Frank, what did you make of the look that Russ got at the end there? Yeah, uh, you know, not not good enough. We want to get a better shot than that. Um, you know, the spacing wasn't great. We were trying to get Melo to the top of the floor, uh, but the spacing wasn't great. Hey, Frank, what do you think uh, Russ has done since the last OKC game when he had 10 turnovers to reduce those numbers? And also, where does he go from here with refining that even more? Where does he go what? Where does he go from here with refining that even more? Yeah, we well, just got to continue to you know learn what we're, we're asking him to do within our system. <laughs> and um, you know, one of those things is, is keeping his turnovers down, which he's done a better job of. And um, you know we got to continue to to have him you know, touch the paint and touch the paint and create as much as possible. It's a it's a nice way of saying that Russell Westbrook is not doing what he should be doing. Yes. There's no offensive system that wants you to turn the ball over as much as he does. Touch the paint. Yeah. Stop shooting from the outside. Exactly. And it's like, but it's <laughs> that one shot of the, they got wasn't good enough. It's one of the old dog new tricks thing. You're asking a guy who's been doing the same thing for 11, 12 years to all of a sudden change the way that he plays. We talked about why the experiment will be very, very difficult. The only hope is because he's playing next to LeBron James. When LeBron is out there, at least, he can get Russell Westbrook to calm down just a little bit. Because any time the ball is in Russ's hands late instead of LeBron James, that's a loss for the Lakers. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to lose all those games, but that is the wrong play. Yeah. And the problem is, outside of LeBron, there's really nobody else in the roster that can get in his ear. As great as Anthony Davis is, he's a young buck compared to Russell Westbrook. He's not going to tell Russell anything when it comes to that. Yeah. Might tell have... White something, but... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. man. Russ, I don't... Yes, he has the respect of Anthony Davis, but it's different when it comes from someone like LeBron James. Yeah. And LeBron can only do so much when he's sitting on the on the sideline drinking whatever is in that Yeti. So I, just the, having him out there means I mean, there's so much gravity his way. Mm-hmm. He should have the basketball. Absolutely. Like, Russ is enabled when LeBron is not out there on the court. Right. And that's and, a problem. And you could at times get away with and find ways to justify not having Russell Westbrook on the floor in late situations when LeBron is on the team. The problem is there's no way Russell Westbrook is not going to be on the court when LeBron is not on the court. When LeBron is not available to play, you can't do that. And I would be fine with it if he was playing with the second unit and LeBron's not out there yeah. and Russ is running the show because one of the issues for the Lakers the last couple of years is they aren't very good at creating offense without LeBron James. Correct. And Russ could help in that area if he does what Frank Vogel just said. And in small doses he has. There have been many uh, possessions where he's broken his guy down, yeah. driven into the paint, finished left-handed, and that's great. But you know what? Dennis Schroeder did that sometimes last year too. So, hey, I'm on record 
saying when they brought in Russell Westbrook, I would have rather kept Dennis Schroeder and made the trade for Buddy yeah, Heald. It would make sense. And look what Heald is doing, you know, filling it up. Whether he's off the bench or starting in Sacramento, he's killing it. Because if you made that trade for Buddy Heald, you get to keep – one of Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, or KCP. Likely not Trez because yeah. that was just a broken kind of relationship. And it sounds like Kuzma was going to be part of that heel trade too, but which is fine. I think so because Sacramento was in on him for a while. But yeah. then you keep KCP. Exactly. He's shooting 46% from three this season. Right, right. And really the you only issue – You would have got KCP with Heald, mm-hmm. two elite three-point shooters – and still, and you still could have kept Dennis Schroeder, which oh. would have been fine. I know how much Lakers fans soured on him, but I'm telling you, he's not nearly as bad as you guys are making him out to be. And you still could have went out and signed Kendrick Nunn. You still could have brought back Dwight on a minimum deal. A lot of these free agent moves you still could have made and, and kept your core. T- Caruso kept your core together, you know. But you you went scorched earth with this thing and thought that the, the sky was falling when we all knew. By the way, health was your biggest issue last year. LeBron James wasn't right. Anthony Davis wasn't right. That was your big problem. And by the way, this is Russell Westbrook in the regular season. You know how bad he's been his last five playoff runs? 39% from the field, 31% from three. He, he's gotten out of the first round once mm-hmm. his last five tries. And it's mostly been him killing his own team. The same thing could happen again. Yeah, that's why so many people were so down on this move. They were like, yeah, you have all the talent in the world, but if it doesn't fit... And it's one thing if these guys are young and in their prime. All these guys are over the hill. And Anthony Davis might as well be. He might, he's not, but he basically has the body of a 40-year-old. So he all that factors all the time. in. He's all- supposed to be playing in his prime. He's supposed to be one of the more reliable guys out there if you just go off his age. Yeah. Like the idea that, like, oh, Westbrook is stepping up his game. It should be Anthony Davis. Now, granted, that first half was a spectacular last night, as it should have been. I think he had 18 and 12 at halftime. But, again, what are we talking about? Gets hurt. You're not available for the start of the third quarter. You know, it's something that's been a chronic issue with him. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to hamper them, you know, all season long. And by the way, into the future. He said himself, the reason I didn't opt out or sign a one plus one and I signed a full-on extension is because I know I get hurt all the time. If the like, Lakers don't go on to win it, and I still think they can and they likely will if they can stay healthy, but because they if. can overcome Russell Westbrook. They're good enough, too. But I said this on Rogan and Rodney yesterday. They're making it harder than it needs to be. If you just don't prioritize name over fit, yeah. if you go with guys that fit in seamlessly, you'd have a much better opportunity. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost like LeBron needed a new challenge and wants to prove that Russell Westbrook can be a champion, just has to play next to me. Well, you know what? That'd be cute if LeBron James was 26 and not 36 and not falling apart at the seams the three of the last four years. <laughs> and if Russell Westbrook doesn't win a championship after playing with LeBron, AD, Harden, KD, KD yeah. Beal, Paul George, it's going to be an indictment on him. But also, this Lakers offseason could end up being just like last year, where you look back upon it and say, they went name over fit yeah. once again. And the problem is there's no way out. Because you you can't you there is can't, no way yeah, out. you can't you're, you can't trade Russell Westbrook you know if this if this experiment doesn't fit like he has what two more guaranteed years at forty four and forty six million dollars or whatever Not it is unless you want to package him with THT or somebody else and that you don't want to give away and even then is that pot sweet enough for wherever you're trying I to mean, send him to and you're gonna have to get back a lot of con- a lot of money a, a with lot it. of bad contracts to go along with it yeah. so I mean you're it's, all in yeah and like obviously LeBron's not getting any younger like we've talked about. AD ain't getting any healthier as he continues to get older. This could be a problem that hampers the Lakers. Like you said, if they don't win a championship, and by the way, this year, 
for is probably the best year, the best chance they're going to have to win it there might with not this be core. Kawhi. There yeah. might not be Kyrie, too. Right. And look, and by the way, Golden State is a, I don't know call them a sleeping giant. They're playing pretty damn well, and they don't even have Klay Thompson back. Yeah. I mean, they can thrust themselves right back into the championship contention if they get Klay back and healthy and get right back to where they were before. They have not the same, but some of those similar chemistry Absolutely. Uh, strengths right now that they had during their championship runs. And their just, passing has been unbelievable. And they've infused some new youth in there. You get Wiseman back in there healthy. Poole has been, has been playing really well for them. Lee's been good. Yeah, I mean, they, they they are don't sleep on Golden State. They might be the biggest challenge. I know everybody talks about Denver, who's good, obviously. Utah, very good. Phoenix has gotten off to a bit of a slower start than they expected. I think they'll end up being fine. But, man, Golden State, they're, they're going to be a problem. I'm telling you, Russell Westbrook is the wild horse. He's Puig. <laughs> He's so out of control and unpredictable. Yeah, and I feel like it's and one you, of those that we've known, but I think oh, Laker fans it. didn't grasp it until they've actually yeah. seen it now They just on a night-in, night-out basis. We're back to having three superstars again. Right, right. We have more talent than anybody else, but if they don't mesh, if they don't work well together, look, there are going to be high points, and they should be sure. amazing in transition. We've seen a little bit of that. Yeah, they're the. I think they're second, at least going into last night, they were second in pace, and I think 10th in fast break points or something like that. Yeah, and there should be points where they look unbeatable this season. There should be plenty yeah. of moments like that. Because, look, there are still important pieces that are haven't played. Kendrick Nunn is a 15-point-a-game scorer that hasn't played yet. Taylor Horton Tucker, granted, not the greatest outside shooter, but a guy that can create off the dribble and you assume would have improved. He looked like he improved in the preseason, mm-hmm. hasn't played. Wayne Ellington, on a, on a limited minutes limit, came back last night, made a three-pointer, hasn't really had an impact yet. Trevor Ariza, probably their best two-way player that's not named LeBron James and Anthony Davis, hasn't played yet. So there's still guys that are trying to get into the mix and actually get on the floor and play for them. So they're, they're not full strength one way or the other, whether LeBron is in there or not. But there are always going to be holes on the perimeter with their perimeter defense Correct. because of what they lost this past offseason. Yeah, there's no getting around it. I, no. When LeBron's engaged there, okay. But that means he's putting more pressure on his body yes. to have to perform on both ends. And AD as well, by the way. Yeah. Same thing. I, Anthony Davis is a great defender. But yeah. if teams are always breaking down the defense at the point of attack – it doesn't help as much he can only to have so much. a great five, a great defensive five. Yeah, and the problem with the other fives they have next to him, again, like we said, they don't have the lateral quickness. Dwight Howard can't give you the minutes, and DeAndre Jordan, with all due respect to him, he just ain't that good right now. Yeah, He's a, he's been a net negative, I think, for in every lineup he has played in for the most part, with the exception of one night against Houston. Lakers are 17th defensively right now, and now just 12th offensively. Yeah, the thing is, you would take 17th defensively if you're going to be in the top five on offense. If they can be, if they can actually improve from the three-point range, which I think by the by midseason they will once they actually do get healthy and get some chemistry cooking because they're just too talented, you know, save for LeBron James shooting more threes than he shouldn't be and Russell Westbrook not shooting the way he should be. But bringing all those perimeter guys in, they will improve from that standpoint. The problem is, can you be a middle-of-the-pack defensive unit? If they can be middle-of-the-pack defensively and upper echelon, upper third offensively, I think they'll end up being fine. Yeah, I thought they would be a top-three offense in 10th to 15th defensively. But that hasn't materialized yet. Part of that is just because of injuries. LeBron's actually been one of their best three-point shooters. And that's likely not going to last because remember he had that month and a half, that early start to the season last year where he he was was shooting and making all these three-pointers from distance. We saw that the other night. He hit one against Cleveland from way out. And we thought, wow, is LeBron going to turn into Steph Curry from three? And then the numbers Mm, fell off a cliff to end the season. Not going to happen. Yeah. But again, they don't need him to, especially on no, this team. They have so many ways to beat you. Yeah. Their margin for error is huge. 
but they still have to get healthy and they still have to gel. And look, health was going to be a, a paramount issue. You know, people make the jokes about bring out your wheelchairs and your walkers and all that. Is living up to it right now. One of your yeah. oldest players okay. on the roster, Trevor Ariza, hadn't played. Confirming out. what people have thought. Exactly. So, Wayne Ellington, one of your older players, injured early in the season. Oh, you want to old man? Now, granted, two of the younger players on your roster, also important, Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn, are also hurt. Now, that was surprising. Yeah, so that's not necessarily that's, just bad luck. A, that's not an age thing. And Taylor Horton Tucker's a finger thing. That's not – granted, I know Anthony Davis is a finger thing too, but just with him, it's always something. It's always something with him. You're just waiting for it to happen. Every game, there's a moment where, oh, no, yeah, Anthony Davis is down. Yeah, Rodney brings this up all I mean, the time. I've never seen a big man in my life watching basketball that's on the ground as much as he is. No, it's unbelievable. It's not since Jonathan Bender, <sighs> who I love. Talking about someone who had a tough break. Yeah. My God. Jeez. So much potential. Yeah, the worst. All right, all right let's, uh, let's get some, some rap news. Hi, Joe Little with MTV News Brief. Touts the virtues of a machine that automatically smacks a wife or girlfriend into line. A generation raised on me. Even though we were going through our drama, I would never wish death on nobody, you know what I'm saying? Because ain't no coming back from that. This is an artist called Eminem. It's spelled funky. Chris Brown is accused of assault and battery. I love all the rappers today, but it's hard to defend this shit. So uh, Kanye West is fresh off of the release of his uh, 90,000 track Donda album. Uh, which dropped a couple of months ago. I'll take it over the Drake album, but there's like four good tracks between the 50 songs both guys put out total. I'll be honest, I did not listen to Drake's entire album. So, so full disclosure. You no, know, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, full disclosure. I did listen to Kanye's, but it took, let's put it this way, it took a while. So Kanye I did that. That was not one where I sat down and listened to the entire thing in one, uh, one fell swoop. Yeah. I have to break that one up a little bit. I, it's just Breaking so, it into chapters. It you know? annoys me when I see an album that long to start with. I've said it for years. If I open up an album and I see more than like 11 or 12 tracks, I'm like, I got to come back to this. I just feel like it's so pretentious. It is. Like, oh, look at me. I'm such an artist. I can put out 30 tracks like this and you'll still buy it. Anybody could. There's unreleased tracks by everybody has 50 tracks, 60, 70, 100 tracks that they'll never release. Now, there are exceptions to the rule. All Eyes on Me, a double album. But at least you can actually. 90% of it is very good. You peg it as a double album, at least. You don't just drop it all at once yeah. or, you know. A wide album, great double album. Yeah. And the, calling the Infinite Sadness, great double album. There's ways to do it. Just don't, don't, just, don't just drop, you know, 26 tracks on me in one album and say, go ahead, listen. I forget the, this was even more annoying. Arcade Fire put out a double album. Okay. And it was like 16 songs. It's like, wait a second, why is it even a double album? That's <laughs> also the suburbs or something. That's like uh, like hubris on a different level. It was like like this. And this I don't album think it was that long. Like is, they had a track that was 12 minutes or anything. Huh? My thing is like, all right, so these eight are so heavy and it's yeah. so good. Let Just it marinate. Marinate on that before you jump over to this part of the album. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So that's even pretentious in a different sense if you do that. It is. You have a double album that's only 16 tracks. The whole album has a clear, crisp sound. So Kanye did an interview with uh, with Noriega from Capone Noriega. He has a podcast uh, called Drink Champs along with uh, DJ Effin. And so this is his first well, I haven't been on there. Uh, I don't Drink know. Drink Champs, that's, huh? That's the old man comes on drunk. And it was a wide-ranging interview. Is Ben interview. Roethlisberger on it? Uh, probably. Drink like a champion. <laughs> 
And uh, Kanye, uh, part of the interview, uh, they, he's talked about the fact that he uh, has issues with uh, Big Sean and John Legend, two of his uh, good music label mates. And I say label mates. He signed them to the label. It's his label. Infighting? Because they did not support his 2020 run for president. Oh, God. He said, quote, he said, I know this man's mama, talking about Big Sean. I've changed his family. And both John Legend and Big Sean, when I ran for office, got used quick by the Democrats to come at their boy, and they actually changed their life, and that's some sellout stuff. I don't rock with neither of them, and I, and I need their apologies. Didn't Big Sean give him a mixtape outside the studio or something? Yeah. Isn't that how that, he— That's how he got put on. Yeah, absolutely. He, he got did. discovered? Yeah, so basically he's like, you owe me your entire career. Why don't you support me and my political ambitions? Well, to that, I would say thing. everybody doesn't necessarily agree, and I'm sure there's people who are work together, who are partners, close partners. Yeah. Hell, there's people who are like married who have differing political views when it comes to that. So You're out. I don't really understand. The funnier part for this is what Big Sean tweeted out. Okay. Because he he jumped on Twitter that next day and he tweeted out, "I was just with this man and he ain't say none of that." And this was after oh. the interview happened. I'm hey. dying laughing at you, Kanye West. And he posted a photo of the two of them arm in arm at some party. The party happened yeah. after Kanye did the interview. You didn't keep that same energy in person. <laughs> it's not gonna. This is Ka- classic Kanye coming out of the side of his neck. Don't know. By the way, when they first asked him about, you know, because I think they gave him a hypothetical question. Oh, if there was one good music label member that you wouldn't sign now, who would it be? And there's been a lot of them. Pusha T. I mentioned John Legend. There's been a lot of them. That's a the tough years. question. <laughs> I would They're say really so. trying to put him on the hot seat and get him in trouble. Kanye, he could do that on his own. Yeah, Kanye went off on this giant tangent about oh, like Lord. something that was part of the set that they were recording on and didn't even answer the question. So they had to double back, and he eventually just talked about this issue that he had with Big Sean and John Legend not supporting his political campaign. Was it a double album-like tangent or a 40-track-like <laughs> like tangent? Might as well have been. Yeah. You know, I don't a, know what you expected, Kanye. Trust me, they weren't the only people that didn't support you. Yeah, exactly. Where was he? Where was his uh, his compound? Was it Iowa or was I it one of the Dakotas? It. Yeah, underground Montana. bunker somewhere. It was somewhere. Again, I always feel offensive when I say a flyover state, but I mean, mm. I'm keeping it real. It's like Montana, one of the Dakotas. I believe I can fly. Oh, we're not allowed to play. Yeah, you know, Peter from North Dakota. If you remember, I'm pretty sure it wasn't North Dakota, but check in and let, let me know. I don't. I don't fully South remember. South Dakota. Maybe it was South Dakota. Stand up. I don't. I really don't. But that's Kanye West, who has a problem with Big Sean, unless he doesn't. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. That's easy for you. Thanks, Kanye. Uh, 949-478-1197 is the telephone number. We did have one voicemail that came in a couple of days ago. As a matter of fact, I got a tip on Twitter that this was coming in. Oh. For my Fabian, as a matter of fact. He tweeted me and told me he was going to leave us a voicemail. So. Put you on notice. So let's see what we have. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Fabian. Hope all is well. I've been going through it of late. So for those of you who pray, keep me in your prayers. Those who don't, positive vibes work too, and everything is appreciated. Much love. Uh, the Henry Rugg story is really sad. I worked in insurance for a long ass time. Don't recommend it. Anyway, uh, I have uh, little to no sympathy for anyone who drinks and drives. It can cause, you know, irreparable damage to people's lives, and in this instance, it took someone's life, so that's a real bummer, man. He had options as well. You know, we all do, and him even more so given his wealth and fame. Uh, we all make mistakes, man, but holy fuck, that was a big one. Um, you know, I wanted the Raiders to draft CeeDee Lamb because his girl was fine, and also he was a more complete receiver, and, yeah, I wish they really had. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens to him. Um, like I said, I'm personally no sympathy for the guy. Uh, 
Also, a uh, different topic, uh, Canelo versus uh, Plant is this weekend. I think Canelo stops him late. You know, we'll see. But uh, good luck to him, to both combatants, really. I don't really care. And uh, good luck to Kamara Usman, who's fighting uh, some red hat MAGA dude on this weekend at the UFC pay-per-view. Uh, whatever, you know, hope Talk he wins. Uh, last thing, um, I've recommended this show in the past, but I think it bears repeating, and that's uh, Young Justice. It's an uh, animated series, in my opinion, the best animated series since Batman, the animated series. And, you know, it's even better than Justice League Unlimited or Spectacular Spider-Man. First two seasons were on Cartoon Network back in the day, so it's a little, you know, that level. But the last two, you know, it's really, uh, it's gotten way more violent, more sexual. There's some gay stuff going on, uh, some non-binary stuff, and uh, some stuff on racism. And it's uh, really good. I, I really, I can't recommend it highly enough. So you guys should check that out. And if you're still taking requests for uh, music, uh, Three Little Birds by uh, The Wailers would be great. I know it's a little bit of a hack song. He's got better stuff, but... It just makes me feel good, and that's what I need right now. So thank you, guys. Take it easy. Are we thank you, Fabian. Music requests? Uh, it's me? been a while since we've done that. We didn't um, have Spotify open for you. No, we didn't have it I'm queued sorry, up. We, I know we, we had a we had a bit of a run there where we, uh, I guess I had my, what do you guys, you said I moonlighted as a Sirius XM late night host or whatever it was. Petro started this like a year ago. Some people still believe it, Kevin. Uh, I haven't seen those paychecks come in, so it sure as hell ain't me. I don't know who y'all think it might be. Well, how uh, generous of yeah. you to do it for free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not these days. My ass. I'm you're doing enough. You're rich and you're going to stay rich. Doing enough for free these days. Yeah. But that's the inside <laughs> thing. Uh, uh, sorry you're going through it there, Fabian. That's tough, yeah. brother. So uh, we, we got you on your thoughts and our prayers. You know, you're one of our Honestly. day ones, so we appreciate you, man. And I and completely agree on everything you said yeah, regarding Henry Yeah, Rocks. on the rugs. A tragic situation all the way around, obviously, for the woman uh, who was killed and, and, and for him who obviously the the most egregious error in judgment in the in the way that it ended and it's a 22 year old whose life is forever altered you know at this point it's like forget the football part of it like he's threw his life away his life is over at this point in time so um and if you want to talk about from a football aspect I did want Lamb too before him but quite honestly he had made a lot of strides this year and was second in the league in yards per catch was a huge deep threat um was one of the more important offensive pieces the Raiders had outside of Darren Waller um, so that leaves a huge void for them on the field, which they already are dealing without not having their head coach, John Gruden, who was Alistair just a few weeks ago, too. So they're they're going through it on the field, too. It isn't the same situation, but it did remind me a little bit of Ray Carruth mm-hmm. when I heard of it. Somebody throwing it, their career away. It's very different. Yeah, but right. Yeah, it, and also I saw my signed autographed 8 by 10 or whatever of Ray Carruth the other day as I was moving some things, and I thought – I need, I need to find a paper shredder. I was going to say, is there still a reason why you have this in your possession? I, I don't know. I'm just an idiot. Do you think anybody on eBay would want it? No. Nobody should want it. It's not an OJ autograph. <laughs> that By you the could way, get some money for. OJ is the worst. Well, first of all, we already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> for, obvious, for obvious reasons. <laughs> That's an understatement. He is fully playing into the you know all the double entendres and the jokes on his Twitter oh, posts. Great. And it's, Killer take, OJ. It's 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 pretty deplorable. Uh, I have yet way, to follow him. The way he's leaned into now, it. I still see stuff all the time. Yeah, because people retweet it constantly. Yeah. yeah, and I think he he might have close to a million followers at this point, too. He's not verified. I don't think Twitter would ever do that. Maybe they would. Uh, he was at the Buffalo Bills game the other day. I by wish the way, they wouldn't give him the platform. That's what it is. And there's the people that do choose to follow him and do choose to, even if you're sending, you know, crazy tweets at him and like you're a killer and you're like, you're empowering him even more. You're just, giving him a platform. Just you know, imagine the Goldman family. Come on, right? 
And I believe they've said that too. They've had quotes to TMZ and others like, why are you giving this guy more runway? You know? Well, I always say that because they've obviously censored other people on there. Yeah. Right. For what they call misinformation at times. But like Twitter does have a history of picking and choosing. I think uh, all of these social media networks do, by the way. It's not just them. Yeah. It's not just them. Uh, and then the what the the spectacular Spider Man show. I'm not I'm not really up on game on the animated shows, or uh, cartoons Justice. these days. No, Young Justice, which Fabian's right has talked about before. Yeah, uh, I have not seen it. Now it was sounds it, pretty uh, mature. Yeah, I was like I always thought it was geared towards children. Wasn't it on Cartoon Network? I wouldn't let my kids watch it now. Not, well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they're ready for that. <laughs> I don't think so, but apparently so. I get digging into some pretty deep topics there. Maybe so. that's the one where uh, Harley Quinn bones Robin or something, or Nightwing. Was that a thing? I'm not sure if it was from that show or from from a animated film from DC. I, Wait, I saw a clip of that. There, there's animated maybe I footage. I just was watching that on Pornhub.com. Uh, that was my thing. Was there animated footage from an actual show, or is just like some? Uh, did you get caught in like a rabbit hole somewhere and like you maybe. know? It was a deep fake. <laughs> Farley Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Because some artists drew her. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I do think Plant Canelo is going to be really good this weekend. I also think that Canelo will end up beating him. I could probably see him knocking him out, to be honest with you. But it would not surprise me if he went the distance either. So I'll give you that. The UFC card I'm not very familiar with. Adam, you keep up with it more closely than I do. I forget who the uh, MAGA dude is. Maybe Does- we can get D-MAG on. Ask oh, yeah, him. there is a guy. I don't know his name, but, yeah, yeah, there is a guy who's a super, super MAGA guy. Uh, he who, won, like, ten fights in a row. He okay. was on a big run and then finally got his ass beat. Mm. And some people took great joy in that. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they did. Thanks <laughs> hey, uh, so the phone call, Fabian. Yes, Fabian, we take joy every time that you call in, brother, and we yeah. appreciate you. And, again, best of, best of luck moving forward with whatever you're going through, man. We got you. We got, always, always. You can always slide into our DMs, too. Yeah, and the rest of us, by the way. Yeah, the DMs, by the way, at KFig1, at FollowAdamA, hit us up. Publicly DM, doesn't matter. Call us like Fabian did. You're one of our family, too, here in the FNA Army. So, 949-478-1197. Yeah. You want to talk some shit? Talk some S or whatever's on your mind. By all means, just prayer, like Fabian. Talk some S or prayer requests. Absolutely. We, we That's do it what all. we do here. That's right. I like that. That's our new logo, our new slogan. Uh, so we do it all here. Um, and uh, also at FNA Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter as well. We'll be back early next week, likely with an NFL six-pack. Is that returned? We're still... On the hunt to have Petros Papadakis on, but obviously he's very, very busy yeah, during the college season. He's been very elusive and doing college and games. That's okay. Sometimes two games in a weekend. Yeah. He's got a lot going on. So I feel bad some of the times when we are bugging him. But next week, I I feel like it's going to be the week. Well, that makes one of us because I really don't. <laughs> that's fine. You're right. You I can got say no yes shame. or you can say no. You say no, cool. You keep pushing. You say yes, great. We'll do it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As Adam mentioned, we're back next Monday with an NFL six-pack. Until then, you guys have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs> but, excuse me.